You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Today I have a very interesting guest, her name is Lauren Berger, and we will be talking about how to get it together, ditch the chaos, do the work, and design your success. Lauren is a founder and CEO of Intern Queen, Career Queen, and the IQ Agency. She's also the author of Get It Together, Welcome to the Real World, and All Work, No Pay. The voice behind the brand and the pioneer speaker in the internship, career, and college ambassador space. She's a champion for young people, inspiring and motivating millions. A few years ago, she was one of them. Today, she's their hero. You'll find this episode very helpful and informative, so make sure don't skip any parts. And before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi there. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast with you having such an amazing experience and having so many accomplishments. We would love to know more about you and how did you start your career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm Lauren Berger. I'm the CEO and founder of Intern Queen and our IQ agency, which does college marketing for brands. And I guess I started my career unknowingly in college doing a lot of internships. And by the time I graduated college, I thought, man, I've had so many internships. There was really no one that helped me get from point A to point B, or there was no one that's Certainly people helped, but you know, no one specialized in it along the way. And so when I graduated college, I thought I should be the intern queen. There should be a person that helps students um, and really kind of holds their hand through the internship process. And maybe that person could be me. So intern queen started as just an idea, like so many, you know, interesting businesses do um, an idea that I couldn't um, spend time on 
full-time because I needed a job. So my post-college career started as an assistant at a talent agency. And I, long story short, I quit my job two years later and I started Intern Queen with $5,000. And here we are today, many years later. Yeah, that's such an accomplishment and you did it so well that you have so many motivational speakers and public figures on the platform as well. And you work with so many nationwide and famous brands. Do you work only with college graduates or you also partner with like bigger influencers, content creators? Yeah. So our business really has two sides to it. So on one side, our intern queen brand is the most relevant and likable source of career internship and campus ambassador information. So every day we're putting out free advice to young people that hopefully gravitate towards it on, you know, interviews, resume tips, whatever we can to help them get from point A to point B in their career. And then on the college marketing agency side with our IQ agency business, we are hired by brands to help them better connect with Gen Z. And that usually means putting together a college ambassador program or a campus influencer program, um, doing a college event tour for them. And so that's where we're able to hire paid content creators, really of all sizes. I would say we specialize in working with um, college ambassadors and campus micro-influencers. So people that have, you know, 20,000 followers on average. Um, but we also do campaigns where we where we work with um, macro talent and we're working with people that have millions of followers. So it really just depends on our brand's goals. And um you know, we want to connect them with the amazing people that have been in our network, um, getting our advice for so many years. Incredible. And you've written also three books. How did yeah. you get And what is the main idea? How did you like? What yeah. So I know I feel like I'm a retired author at this point. Like I used to write a bunch of books and now I'm taking a break from that. But um, I've written three books. Uh, the first is called All Work, No Pay. And that's sort of my baby book. Um, I think the title is less relevant today than it was 10 plus years ago, but it's how to get an internship and how to make the most of it. Um I also um, wrote my second book, Welcome to the Real World, where it's all about how to leverage your first, second, or third job after college. And then my most recent book came out a few years ago called Get It Together, and it's about how to sort of stop talking about how busy you are and really focus on things that make you happy versus things that make you busy. So a book that was really relevant then not sure where it's like where it fit in during the pandemic, but it's certainly applicable again now. So I definitely recommend people check that out. And a little takeaway from the book, how do you actually get productive and not just busy and get actual results? Because sometimes you waste a lot of time and being so busy, but not productive. We don't see the <laughs> results. And how do you actually do it? Yeah. How, you know, how do we do it all the time? I'm trying to think of what my uh, advice for the week is. It feels like a flavor of the week sort of thing, but I think it's focusing on what drives results for you, either in your business or in your professional setting, because we all could sit in front of our computer and answer emails all day long, but we wouldn't necessarily accomplish anything. So I think it's making sure that you're able to look at your um, your deadlines and what you need to get done versus like sitting in front of your computer and playing the email game. Cause that will just eat up 
your entire life, right? So it's being really intentional about what you have to get done that day. It's making small lists instead of massive ones. You know, what are the three things that if you don't get it done today, it's going to create some sort of problem, whether that's externally with the people you work with, or it's just going to create a lot of stress and anxiety internally. So really focusing on that. So those are two, two small things that I think can help. But an exercise that I try to do is I'll read through my calendar and I'll say to myself, like for the next day or for Monday, and I'll say, what do I like, what do I actually not have to be on that was scheduled? Because usually I'll find that one or two of the things I actually don't need to do, or it's just, it's someone else's priority, but it's not my priority. And it's okay to say to people, I cannot do this right now, but we can talk in November. Right. And it's hard because you feel bad and you want to help everybody. I'm the worst at that. I want to help everybody. I say yes to everything, but then it, you know, it's a weakness because I can't get things done because of it. So it's, I think being really true and honest with yourself about what you can do, what you can't do. And if you're doing something because it's good for you, or if you're just doing it to please someone else. Yeah. So say no, sometimes it's actually a great thing. Exactly. Exactly. I just want to share, I mean, it used to be so hard to get internships and it was a struggle. I remember for me, I got really lucky and I really had to do kind of footwork for it because when I moved to US and I moved to small town because my family was there and it was terrible for me because it was totally not where I wanted to be, but I wanted to start my career in banking or management or somewhere. So I found the local bank that was very popular, mm. and had so many branches, and I just walked in. And it happened to be when I walked in that the president was there. So the president, oh my gosh, yeah, the president actually adopted a daughter from Ukraine. That's where I'm originally from. And when she saw me, she felt so connected. So she definitely gave me the opportunity. So then I worked at the corporate office and managed like cash and checks from 20 minutes. And it gave me, I mean, it opened many doors for me, but I mean, what are the chances and like how? What are the chances? Yeah. But yeah. it really, your story too, it really illustrates the power of just doing the thing, you know, pick up the phone and call the person, walk into the bank, like put yourself out there, reach out on LinkedIn, because yes, a lot of people will reject you. Of course, like that's part of it. It's part of the journey, but there are going to be opportunities like what you're saying, where you really do find the click with someone and that's really special. And that, that makes all the rejection worth it. I agree. And I think it applies to any of areas of life or anywhere you want to get like networking is everything. And yeah, not to be afraid to connect with someone, send a DM or send an email, just put yourself out there and not to be afraid to get rejected. That's, I guess that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. How can someone get an internship with no experience or just, I know you, you have and internships, but also advice, but also you have, you've written so many books. So you also have entrepreneurship advice. Yeah. So how does someone start something with no experience? Yeah. So I think, um, two things, right. It is sort of a catch 22. You have to get experience. You have to have experience to get experience. So 
I would take advantage of everything that you have going on in college, right? For all the college students that are listening to this or tuning in. So make sure that if you want to be a writer, are you writing for the school newspaper? If you want to be in marketing or PR, are you part of PRSSA, the Public Relations Student Society of America on campus, right? So it's just making sure that when you go out for that first opportunity and they say, well, what are you doing to really take yourself seriously and, you know, further develop yourself? Um, that way you can say, well, I'm part of this, 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 and this on campus. So campus experience matters is number one. And the second thing is that I've hired plenty of people over the years where this was their first internship, or I've hired them full-time to work for my company where this was maybe their first professional job experience, but they've been able to sell it to me. You know, they'll tell, they'll say to me, like, I've never had a job before, but I can use my skills from this internship and this internship and this project and look at my Instagram page and da, 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 right. And they, they make a case for themselves. So it confidence matters. Um, campus experience matters. And it's really going into a room or presenting yourself over Zoom where you can say, I know I don't have 10 years of job experience, but here's what I do have. And I think that people want good people, right? People want to hire people that are going to be a fit, not just for the moment, but long-term. And so uh, my opinion is that employers' minds are open. And if you can make the connection, you can make the connection. I agree. And also, it doesn't apply just for college students, I guess, for entrepreneurs too, to give a chance if someone is really asking you to give them a job or give them an opportunity to really try it out. Because I myself had my first uh, assistant when I just started my blog and the girl was still in college and I gave right. her an opportunity and she turned out to be really good at what she was doing because I didn't even know some stuff that she was doing, but she would right do it for me and research it and do everything and right I gave her an opportunity and then she she got a better job at Tailwind <laughs> that oh my gosh well if I could tell you the amount of times that's happened to me over the past 12 plus years yeah it happens um but you know I think I'm sure similar to you you learn from every hire and you know as an employer, I try to be really honest with, with new hires about what we are and we are so many great things and we have so many great things to offer, but also what we're not. Like if you want to work for a company where you can go have happy hour with your coworkers every week and have like beer on Fridays in the office, Intern Queen is not that right now. Like we're not that, we're not really on a path to be that. But if you want a remote opportunity and if you want access to, you know, top brands and to work on amazing clients and get opportunities at, you know, 24 years old that some people can't get at 34 years old, like we can be a great, you know, we could be a great fit for you. So it's really interesting as an employer to kind of learn, like looking at the flip side, what you can offer people and also what you can't offer people. How did you yourself build the relationships with those popular brands? Did you have to network a lot or what? Oh, that's all I do. All I do is knock on doors. I think there's a misconception that when you're successful, right? And people call me successful, that everything comes easy, that rejection doesn't happen. And that like the phone just rings. I'm telling you, my phone does not ring that much. Like you sent me a DM and I was like, Ooh, I feel special today. But, um, you know, we've been doing this for 12 plus years. I will tell you, um, we don't, 
our phone's not ringing off the hook. And the reason why we're able to work with the coolest brands in the, in the land is because we're picking up the phone or sending that cold email and we're knocking down doors. I mean, it, it's challenging. Uh, marketing managers and marketing leaders at companies, they're switching over like crazy right now. I feel like all of our clients left their jobs. And so as an agency, that leaves you sometimes with no contacts. So all that we do is try to I mean, you you forget that technically it is networking, right? But all we're doing is trying to connect with decision makers, get on their radar, tell them what we do, because most companies do want to have a Gen Z marketing strategy at this point. Um, but man, to find the right person at a huge company, that's the one that can make a decision and has a budget, that's challenging. And that is what um, my sales team and I, or my biz dev team and I try to navigate every single day. So reaching out to strangers is my life. <laughs> and um, it's always an uphill, an uphill battle. And even when you think you've made it and you have the coolest clients ever, that person leaves their job, you're screwed. So you better always be, you know, networking and connecting with people because you never know when that one jewel, you know, prize possession client is going to go away or move or try something else. So it's important to always have a backup plan. Yeah, so true because I've built relationships with over 150 brands and I work with nationwide brands, but sometimes somebody who is responsible for this point, your point of contact, if they leave the company, then you're left with no contact. Yeah, you're like, they used to be my biggest brand and yeah. now I know when that works with that brand. Yeah. They don't know what you were talking about and what's going on. Right. And I think, you know, it's so important as an entrepreneur or as anybody in business to try to socialize what you're doing for companies like within that company, because once you see this happen, a lot of times where you have one great relationship, the person leaves, now you have no relationship. So it really makes you think like, what can I do to make sure that more people on the team and more people within that organization are aware of what I can do? So something that we try to do is like, when we're in, we try to be loud about it, like grabbing as many people in on our phone calls as we can, because again, it can be really challenging when you have to start all over again. Yeah, definitely true. <laughs> And you organize events, what kind of events and are they mostly for college students or they're just networking, relationship building? Yeah. So we've been doing our, we do one signature event series every year called the Intern Queen Party. Um, we've been doing it for 12 years. In 2019, we took the Intern Queen Party, which is a free event with an awesome um, sort of panel of speakers. We took it on the road. We did it in LA, New York, DC, Chicago, Toronto, Nashville, Boston. It was wild. Um, but it was, and it was wild. Like, I think afterward I was left feeling like, that was amazing, but I don't know if I ever want to do that again. Um, so it's just a lot of, um, you know, it's a lot of pressure from a lot of different parties. So then obviously COVID came. So we moved our event virtual for two years and then we were bringing, we wanted to bring it back um, in real life this year. And so we just wrapped the, inter that's when you and I connected. Um, we just wrapped the intern queen party 2022, our 12th year. We did one flagship event in New York city, which is where the event started. And it was everything. 
I, it was the party started at 6 PM. It was 5 15. I was losing my mind. I thought no one was going to come. And I was thinking we planned this huge, amazing party. It's free, but what if nobody shows up? That'll be embarrassing. Um, but it ended up being amazing. We, we sold out. I mean, it was free. So I was sold out in quotes, but the Gramercy theater, we had, um, almost 400 attendees. We had to close the doors cause we couldn't let anyone else in. And we had awesome speakers like your former, um, I, they, I know they've been on your podcast. Um, Larice from Meta and uh, Abby Silverman from Cosmo. So it was amazing. Um, Duncan and LTK sponsored. So it was a really great event and it definitely re-energized the whole events train, I think internally at my company. And I'm sure now everyone's going to want to go back to doing a hundred events next year. Um, in addition to that though, we do as an agency, we help brands get on college campuses to do big events so that they can be in front of, um, college students. So if I showed you my office right now, I'm just going to do it. Cause that's funny. Like see all this stuff. Can you see it? Yeah. yeah. I boxes. I am like sitting in the middle of crazy box land. And, um, that is because we have 16 events coming up between like August 20th and September 20th, how we're doing them. I'm trying to figure out every day, but, uh, yeah, we are back. I mean, we haven't been really doing college events for the past two years and now it's back and it's back in a big way. Um, so here we are. <laughs> Love it. How do you negotiate salary or the best offer when you're doing like, I guess, contracts negotiations or just salary negotiations? What are your tips? I'm trying to think of some recent scenarios. I mean, I think number one, you always ask for more why not? <laughs> like you may as well. Um, so I think number one, I would say ask for more, even in lower level positions. I mean, if you ask for more and then they get turned off and take the job offer away, they're probably not the right company for you. Right. Cause we're also scared that like, they're going to take it away. If they get turned off by our ask, I would say that everyone, I mean, I, as an employer appreciate the ask. And then I try to respond in a real way with like what we can do and explain that it's usually not personal. It's usually about a budget sheet. I think that's a big misconception with hiring at any level is like this idea that like, well, I'm so great. Why wouldn't they give me this? Why wouldn't they give me that? And I mean, at least within my business, it's very, um, very rarely is it about the person specifically. It's usually about how the responsibilities of that role support the bottom line of the business. And it's about like every other itemized budget line on the spreadsheet, right? It's very, very little of it is personal, but yet it feels so personal. So I think salary can be tricky in that way, but I would say ask for more, um, hope for the best, expect the worst and have a plan. Like if they come back and say, no, are you taking that job? And I think knowing that is important because you want to try to have as little, you know, it's, it just can be really awkward to be sitting in with someone. They tell you, they can't give you the raise you asked for the salary they asked for. And then what you're just sitting there awkwardly staring at each other and you're pissed. Like if you can sort of have that plan of, okay, if they come back to me here, I'm going to stay. If they come back to me here, I'm going to stay for now and look for another job. If they come back to me here, I'm not taking it. You know? So I think just having that plan and just being ready for all the outcomes uh, is a is a good start. Hundred percent. How do you upgrade and enhance the quality of your work emails? And what's the right way, kind of the best way to reach out someone if you're just trying to do like cold approach? 
I mean, I would say number one, you have to do it right. So many people are worried about doing it. And I'm like, I send, I send out cold emails all day, every day. Like that's all I do. And I'm, I don't even know how many years into this at this point, very, a lot of years in. So I think number one, don't be afraid of it. And number two, use subject lines that somebody could reference if they ever wanted what you're selling or peddling at the moment. So for me, usually if I'm reaching out, I'm trying to get a brand excited about a college marketing strategy. So it's really important that my subject line is just direct and to the point, whether it's like college marketing or Gen Z campus ambassadors or something like that, because odds are someone's not going to respond to me. But I want to make sure that if they're in a meeting in two weeks and their boss is like, you need to find a college marketing strategy, I want them to be like, oh, wait a second, search their inbox and find the email. So I think that's one way that I like to think about it. And then also short, sweet, to the point, don't include a lot of links. And if it looks like it could be sent to anybody, they're going to delete it. And I find myself deleting cold emails like that too. Like emails that I can see are just like a copy paste. They don't make any sense for me or my business. I delete those fast. So short, I've seen um, a great response rate with emails that are like less than eight sentences and really clear and to the point. Um, no one has time to read a long email these days. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That's, I, I get so many emails and I can tell when it's been sent to many people or it's been sent and has personal approach. So yeah, <laughs> how can we avoid the burnout? I've seen a lot of people even recently go through burnout. Um, I think, you know, it's so personal, like to everybody, like we all, everyone talks about how overwhelmed they are all the time, but I can't measure what that means when so I can measure what it means when I say it, but I don't know what that means. Like if I have eight friends and they're all telling me they're so overwhelmed, I don't really know who's at burnout zone and who's, who's just like having a bad day right? Or who's like annoyed by something that day. So I think we all have to identify that within ourselves and sort of recognize some of those signs. Like I always, I, two days ago, I had one of those days where I just felt like I was under the water. Like usually I'm on top of it and I'm in control, but I had that day where I just felt like I was under and I, I couldn't see past it. Right. But it was one bad day. And I'm able, because that's not every day, right. I'm able to push through, keep it positive, et cetera. But if you're feeling like that is becoming your life every day, and you are constantly struggling, feeling like you don't have a life outside of work, like those are some signs to try to recognize early. And I would try to have a productive conversation with someone on your team about it. You do have to think about who the right person to have that conversation with is right. And I think sometimes we tend to go to the wrong people for those things, right? Because sometimes if you go to your manager with that and your manager's just as busy, if not busier than you are, it's just not going to be the most productive conversation. So sometimes talking to someone either at your company or just a friend or family member that's really outside of it can be really helpful. But I do think it's important to let your company know when you're feeling a certain way and to give them the chance to help right? If they're not helping and it's just a pattern and a trend and you just can't see it going in any other way, then it's probably time for you to leave that job. You know, you have to put your mental and physical health first. And, you know, we're seeing that so much this year. Like it's so important to put yourself first. Yeah. Your mental wellness is a key and it's, it's a huge thing that you have to pay attention to because otherwise all the areas of your life will be screwed. Yeah. Totally. And by working with so many nationwide brands, what did you learn from it? 
You know, I really think it's less about the brand and more about the person that you're working with. Like we've worked with so many big brands and some of our clients like are in it and they, they personally are so connected to the brand and what it stands for. And they have this level of taste that's inspiring and makes you want to like be better. I'm working with a client like that right now where, um, she's selective, right. Which can be challenging, but she's right. Like I see her notes and I'm like, yeah, like you're right. And I want to think about the brand like you do in this elevated way and da, 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 right. And then there's people that, you know, just like are not reading your emails and don't give a shit. (laughs) And so, you know, with those brands, I think you do your best, but look what I've learned over the years being in like the agency business or the, the client services business is that you can kill yourself over a program and, um, no matter how hard you work or how hard you try, no ma- sometimes no matter what the results are, a company can say bye or no, or like, okay, bye, or like not even look at the results. So I've tried to even out the effort over the years because I watched myself with certain clients like go above and beyond. And like, I would personally, you know, I would like go out of pocket and travel to meet a client or whatever it was. And then they would like not work with us again, not because of anything personal, just because they had different priorities. And I always found myself being like, why did I put all that effort in? They don't even care. So I just think be consistent, try to deliver the same like level of service to all of your clients. If you're in a similar business and like you win some, you lose some, and it's all going to even out. Like, again, you're going to have your favorite clients that have said yes to you for six years. And then all of a sudden they say no. And it's not about you, but it's about whatever else. And so it's hard to get too hung up on it. And again, with the transitions and people coming in and out of every brand, it's like, it just, it is what it is. I totally feel you on this one. And I work with so many brands all the time and I even over deliver sometimes and so many brands are happy, but there are some brands that are just have different priorities, like you said, and it's not, I mean, it's just have their own things they're looking for and it is what it is. So you yeah. just can't take it personally. You just have to keep going. Yeah. And there are many brands to work with. I mean, there are many more, so you don't ever right. hang up on something. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's hard to not get hung up on stuff, you know, like I deal with that. I mean, I don't, maybe not as much as I used to, but getting rejected, whether it's from a job or from a client that you're working with, it sucks. Like it feels awful. So I think, you know, I'm always so happy when like I get rejected and it doesn't hurt, you know, like sometimes when you have so many things going on, you get a rejection email, you're like, oh, whatever I'm moving. Right. But then like, sometimes, especially when you don't have a lot going on, you get that rejection in and, you know, it can really create a lot of self-doubt and all those things. So, you know, I really just try to, um, I try to make sure that the opportunities I'm like investing myself in and really pitching myself for are real right before I really try to engage. And it's hard to sense like what's real and what's not. It's hard to not get excited when you see certain emails come through, but I would, you know, encourage everyone to just try to keep it even, you know, there's high highs and there's low lows. We're going to go through it all and it's all good. And a lot of people that say no to you are going to say yes. And a lot of people that say yes to you are going to end up saying no. So again, it all evens itself out. Yeah. And I felt it it felt so painful when you get those moments, when you get rejected, especially when you put your hopes for it. And then it's like not working out. But I had after I had opportunities even better coming in and I was Mm -hmm. like, 
that's fine. I'm glad it didn't happen because I got a right. better opportunity. But right. like you said, when you don't have anything going on and you get that, it, it really feels frustrating, but it really hurts yeah. your self-esteem too. But the key is not to tie your self-esteem to it. Like just remember you're cool and awesome anyway. If they I know, right. And it's right. And it doesn't matter. And I always tell myself too, like people leave their jobs. So just because someone at some company is saying no to you now, like they're likely going to be gone in the next one to three years. Right. And so you'll go back and you'll reintroduce yourself and it'll be, it'll be a fresh start. I totally agree with you because so many of these point of context, and I'm really upset at one fact that the worst part for companies is that they pick really wrong people to handle this really important pieces of the puzzle that they have to do like brand partnerships they have a wrong person handling that and it hurts the company because they don't know how to handle a situation or they have really terrible person handling it like I had people reach out to me and they asking for all of this like the huge list and then when they give the price it's like it's ridiculous and then they try to make you feel bad about it they're like well really, you don't want to do this for us? You know, no, it's my choice. And, you know, these people are setting the bad reputations for all this reputable company. And I'm shocked sometimes what these people are even saying and how they even handling this. And there are sometimes no point of contact to reach out to and tell them unless, I mean, if you DM on Instagram, personally I mean directly yeah then they totally. know yeah no it's a it's a really great point I mean my my team is seven full-timers right now and we're all remote and you don't know what everybody's doing right and I think right now like we have a great team in place and they're all responding to emails and all of that but I can only imagine these companies that have 700,000 employees or whatever it is like how, like, what processes do they have internally so that there is some kind of oversight? Cause you're right. Like, how do you know? So I totally agree. And from your books, what inspired you to write them? And what was the main takeaway for the readers? Yeah. I mean, I think all of my books have a couple of common threads. You know, my whole brand has been built off of this idea of taking initiative and putting yourself out there as a means to get what you want. And I really believe that that can work you know, it's like getting involved and putting yourself out there and being a little bit uncomfortable has always led me to success. And so I want other people to feel the confidence to put themselves out there as well and like take that risk and not everything works out, but you know, some of it should. Um, so all of my books have that sort of common theme as the takeaway. And of course it's like set in different ways and I'm, I'm a to-do list person. So it's very, you know, the books are all kind of hands-on like action step ish. But what inspired me to write them, I mean, my first book, I was like desperately trying to create a platform for myself. And this is before Instagram, before Twitter, before all, I mean, I guess before all of it, Facebook was sort of a thing, but you weren't using it for business at the time. So I was trying to create a platform when the only thing to create was a blog. And um, that was where the book happened. And the book really helped me establish myself or my build my personal brand. Um, so that was the means for the first book. I think for my second book, welcome to the real world. I was so bad at my first job after college and it didn't make sense because I had all these internships. Why was I so bad at my job? And I was terrible. So I was the worst assistant. So I was inspired by my own story for my second book, because I thought, how come no one told me all this stuff I, you need to know to be a good assistant or to be successful after college? And so I sat down with my friends who all had like entertainment 
type jobs after college at the assistant level. And we all kind of put our advice together. So that was that book. And then the third book, Get It Together, I was inspired by the frustration I was having personally and professional professionally with this whole busy contest. My friends would call me and tell me how busy they were. And I found myself trying to like compete about busy, like I'm busier than you No, you're busier than me. And it was ridiculous. And that's what inspired me to really dig in and find out how to be less busy and happier. Really love it. And yeah, well, then it's so funny because then COVID came and then we were at the beginning, at least we were all lucky to be busy, right? Like if we could keep our clients, which we, we kept like one, everybody else went away for that period. Um, so it was challenging. And at that point you were like, so blessed and lucky to be busy. So, um, again, the busy concept has, has fluctuated, but I think we're back, right? We're back to it. Everyone's busier than ever before. And we all need to try to cut through all that noise and really figure out like what makes us feel good and how can we spend our time in a way that makes sense for us? Yeah, that's a great point. And where can our listeners find you, your social handles, all the information? Yeah. So I think if you're a brand that wants to do college marketing, you know, go to internqueen.com and you'll see all of our information. Um, if you are a college student or a recent grad and you're looking to get internship or career advice, you're looking to, um, if you're a content creator and you're looking for paid, um, all of our opportunities are paid. So paid um, brand opportunities, definitely again, go to internqueen.com and you'll see how to join our network. It's all free and all of that. Um, and then of course you can find us at internqueen um, for all your internship career and college ambassador advice needs questions um, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Amazing. Thank you so much for being yeah. here and sharing your experience. I love this. Absolutely. Yeah. So nice meeting you and thanks for having me. Yeah, nice to meet you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.